You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Well, we are here uh, on the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Charles Laux. I am in a car (laughs) on the way to South Carolina with uh, Mr. David Eccles, my good friend and colleague and uh, teacher, uh, orchestra director at the Lovett School in Atlanta. Uh, David has been on the podcast several times. We are trying out a new mic system, so we are driving. You're going to hear some traffic. We have the noise canceling on. We're going to see how this sounds. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks nice to be back with you, Dr. Love. <laughs> Thanks for being here again. So great awesome. uh, to uh, travel with you. And uh, this is uh, our first trip of uh, two. We'll also be at Midwest together. All right. Um, but uh, great, great to have you again. And uh, we're just going to chit-chat about how it's going and um, how's everything at your school? Everything at my school is amazing. It's so great to to be back to, you know, whatever normal maybe used to be. <laughs> it's normal, it's normal or or the new normal, yeah, the new normal. And, you know, to see to see the kids' faces and to see families again and to to be together rehearsing and making music and making discoveries about about life and about each other. It's just it's so it's an awesome, awesome time. And it makes me very hopeful for the future because um, you know, it may sound cliche, but I think our kids appreciate the process more. I think our families appreciate the process more and appreciate the community that we're building in orchestra or, or the community that happens when you're, when you're in orchestra. And it, it, you know, I was explaining to my daughter, I never, I never go to work because it's, it never feels like I go to work. Uh, I go to this place and I have great colleagues and great friends and great students and great families. So, you know, when your day's filled with, with positive interactions and with, you know, having the opportunity to learn more about yourself and about, you know, the fabulous people around you. It's, it, it, we don't work. I never go to work. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, I'm at a new school, as many of you know, and uh, it's it's been just remarkable um, getting to start start new, but also um, just, you know, try to develop that, that, that sense of trust and that... Uh, the rapport with my students, and that was uh, the the topic of a, a couple of my latest podcast episodes. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is fabulous just to be able to go and um, do what we do uh, every day, and uh, enjoy it, and build the relationships um, with with the kids and with the colleagues and the parents. And yeah. Have you have you talked about what happens when? Because you've over the, the course of your career, you've had the opportunity to go into some pretty power, some established powerhouse programs. And I, and I think that dynamic is, is a little different. Have you ever talked about how you, how you are able to go into those programs and, and, you know, figure out a way to honor the legacy, but then bring your own, your own legacy? Yeah. You know, I, um, I don't think I have talked about that very much. Um, I have been pretty pretty blessed uh, over my career to have taken over some great programs and start some new things and um, build some things from the ground up too. Um, you know that was building from the ground up was totally Kennesaw State when I yeah. was at the university because I was the first string ed professor at that school and so there were really no <laughs> big expectations. Um, but the string program had, you know, that they were definitely there was definitely a need. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and at a state an school and in a big string state like Georgia, I mean, the the expectations. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the the cool part about that that particular situation was, you know, coming in as the first string ed professor and, you know, starting a string project and um, trying to build up that program and the string project got pretty huge, um, rather quickly. Uh, which, which was exciting and, and fun, but a, a lot of uh, grunt work and, you know, yeah. building, you know, trying to make the connections with the schools and set the expectations for the students and the teachers who, who were teaching. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
it was it was awesome. I, I enjoyed that part of it very much. And then seeing those those young teachers starting to succeed and and um, and then obviously you know as they graduate the the opportunity to see them start their own programs or get their first jobs and um, stay in contact with them and and mentor them and give them advice and you know all those great things and, and you know now some of them are well you you <laughs> yeah. you're you're uh, working with Perry uh, Perry Morris yeah. uh, who was one of my former students and yeah I was going to say I've been the beneficiary on both ends because I've had yeah. some of your your former college students who, who who are now trusted colleagues and then I've even had some some of students from some of the kids in my program came mm. came through the string project at uh, at KSU oh wow okay. so so I get the I've been the beneficiary on multiple layers yeah. of your work at KSU so that was a, like a different type of work you know where you're like building from the ground up and you're, you're having to do all those grassroots type things um, but uh, it, like where where I am now and what I did at Alpharetta I mean I it, when I was at Alpharetta I took over for Sheldon Fisher who yeah. had done some awesome things he was at that school since it was brand new and opened the school and and uh, it was his baby so um, uh, I was very fortunate uh, to have kind of been groomed for that and um, you know Sheldon was the type of person who wasn't looking out for himself he never he, that's not Sheldon he looked out for the kids yeah. and the best thing that for the program and so when um, when I took over I mean he he laid it all out there everything was pretty organized and um, he, he was just I was very grateful for that opportunity and um, you know uh, obviously you know we and I are different people and I'm you know very tech kind of a tech person so there were things that I did um, to maybe bring that program to a little more, more modernized program um, but um, I'm also I also am a fan of the foundation right fan of uh, that old school you know hardworking type thing so yeah. um, it, it was a lot of a, a lot of that still um, but you know when I took the group to Midwest in 18 uh, he was one of my guest conductors you know and and so we had built that friendship and yeah. I wanted to he had taken the group two times to Midwest so I wanted to continue uh, that relationship with him and and uh, honor you know what he had done so it was really cool just to you know I don't know how many people would would do that nowadays and, and would be able to you know, have someone that was a former director come and guest conduct on the uh, on the program if people yeah. would feel comfortable. But with Sheldon, it was it was one of those things. So, um, you know, my big philosophy is uh, trying not to change everything at one time. You get you get to change a few things, a little here, a little there, um, because you do have to respect the legacy of the person that was there before you. And um, I'm doing that right now. I mean. There are things that we're doing that have been done before, and I and I think they're great. And you know, and the kids get excited about things they've done in the past. So for you to come in and change everything, uh, I don't think that's that's a good. That's not the answer. I mean, you're there for the kids, um, and whether it's in your philosophy or in your wheelhouse or not, you you know you you uh, respect the person that was there before you and yeah. continue doing some of those things. Um, because you know, if it's not broke, don't don't try to fix it. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, so it, it it's and it's a it's a slippery slope. You have to be, you know be careful and you have to be understanding and you have to be um, respectful for the students and for the parents. The parents expect things to be that the way that they were, and you know there are some things obviously that you know people want to do differently, or the teacher wants to do differently, or the students maybe want to try doing something differently, and yeah. Um, and we'll do that, but uh, it's you got to go slow. And so, you know, my freshmen don't know the old way, so you know they're they're going to be my my kids to be able to do it my way. Yeah. You know, um, and I got a lot of them. I got 64 this year in the freshman class, and awesome. it's really exciting. The energy is really really high, <laughs> uh, sometimes too high, uh, but um, you know we're we're working on controlling that energy and. Um, there's some great players in there, and all the kids are fantastic, and I just love the energy. Yeah, that's that. I, that's what I love about going into a new program, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that it's that everything is possible, right? You can you can still honor the past and honor 
the development and the and the and the traditions of a program, but but there's that opportunity to bring your spin and to bring something fresh and new and um, and also exciting. Yeah. And and once man, and once once you start to get that buy-in, it's just it's an incredible it's an incredible time. Yeah. It just rolls, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, for for being new and. Um, my predecessor was at the school for 29 years. That's yeah. big shoes to fill, and I and I feel like um, it's going really well. So I'm excited about it. And um, but yeah, you know, like I like you had said in my in my career, I've, I had had the opportunity to take over some some really established programs, and and um, it hasn't always been as easy. You know, yeah. I mean, there's you you uh, there are some struggles that whether it's um, admin or parents or students or combination of things um but nothing nothing that has made me um regret taking the position or you know whatever uh it's always been things that you can deal with you know and um sometimes it takes time sometimes it just takes time to pass or sometimes it just takes some give and take right give and take if there is any message to the younger teachers or those teachers newer newer in the profession who start who are going to programs whether they're established or not is this idea of it you have time you know mm-hmm. that idea of it you don't build it's cliche but you don't build Rome in a day you know you don't build your <laughs> yeah. program in a day because because you have to learn the culture of the school you have to learn the culture of the community yep. you have to be able to to speak the language of the of the the folks around you, so and, and, and that takes time. But every school is different too. Right. I mean, what works in one right. school is not going to work in another. What works in one, you know, I, I've also found geography. Like, you know, I've been four different states, and so geography plays a big part of it. And, yeah. and what works here doesn't work there. And even uh, geographically, from my last school at Alpharetta to my current school at Lasseter, big differences in in what will work and what won't work. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, and so, and it's, it's just the kids, it's the parents, it's the culture, it's the history, it's um, lots of different things. So, exactly. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, I, 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 I embrace the differences, you know, and um, uh, the culture differences and differences in SES, and uh, I, I embrace that because I think it's, it's it makes it keeps it exciting. Right. Especially, especially if we focus on the kids right because it's really about the kids it is everything else is just window dressing everything else right it's important and you have to understand all of those surrounding issues but i I think at the heart of it is the student yeah right and once you once you focus in on the student and figure out what they need then everything else will will work absolutely yeah absolutely and um it's it's, it's just a lot of fun to be able to, to, to see those things start to take shape, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it's going to take me, I would say, at least two or three years to really get everything, you know, the way I would like it to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, you know, rolling with it and being patient and trying to build those relationships and get the kids on board. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to get to my middle schools a little bit more and um, start grooming them sooner. Right. Um, trying to help out with the concerts uh, all, both of my middle schools have their concerts at my uh, in my facility uh, we have a really pretty amazing concert hall I know um, my daughter's choir concert that's right, that's right. Yeah. yeah so I'm pretty spoiled with that um, and our middle schools come to my facility so we want to be there for them and I had a ton of kids sign up to help and we set up the, the chairs for them and um, get the kids you know difference where they're supposed to go Mm -hmm. and knowing where they're supposed to go and um, just be there to help out so uh, but my kids are excited about it you know even if it's not their middle school I had kids from the other middle school come to help with the other middle school's concert and awesome fantastic Uh, but they're excited about it and um, they want to they want to be there for the kids too and get to see their old teacher a little bit and you know relive that a little bit so and I I think that's also one of the cool cool things about about you know coming to a new situation you get a chance to 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 let the kids brag a little bit you know yeah when you go back to those middle schools and and the kids are proud of the work they're doing with you and the work they're doing in their Mm -hmm. in their new situation and and i think the younger kids coming up see that and i think it's 
it's just as much about about that pride in the program that that our upcoming students can see in the current students. That's I think that plays a huge part into recruiting and retention and yeah. and attracting and retaining those great kids. You know, yeah. Because in it, yeah, it's about yeah, it's about you as a as a director because you are the leader, you are the head of the of the program. But but students have got to see that there's a place for them. Yes. Too. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, I always try to, inc- it, you know, make it make kids realize, like, there's a place for you in this program, whether you want to practice 50 hours a day, which is impossible, of course, but, like, practicing all the time, those kind of kids. Sure. Or you just, you know, you like to play and you right. like to be in the program and, and uh, maybe it's a social part or maybe it's just that sense of belonging right. to a group. Um there's a place for you, and, yeah. and, and, it's, and, and it's all good. Each of those conditions is equal, right? There's yeah. none of those that are greater than the other, right? Right. I mean, I I try to treat all of my groups the same way and give them the same amount of care, and um, it's a different level of playing, maybe different, you know, different pedagogy, you know, but um, the care is there for all right. all my orchestras and all my kids, and you know, if you want to be there, I want to teach you, yeah. and uh, that's how it needs to be. So uh, there are programs out there I've seen that, you know, they, they cater to the top group and everybody else is kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, it, but uh, it's important that we, that we treat everyone with the same level of respect and dedication to our craft, um, regardless of, you know, where they are. Um, and uh, if, if they see that you care, um, that's going to help get them on board, yeah. you know. There are exceptions, of course. Yeah. No matter how much you care, there are kids that don't care. So I'm not saying that every um, every classroom is a dream world because <laughs> no. I, I've, I've been around to know enough that there are kids who um, try to make it difficult sometimes or try to right. um, just don't want to be there. And eventually they find their way, but every day is not going to be a utopia. Right. <laughs> and, 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 sometimes, and, and often that really has nothing to do with you as the teacher on site. But, there you know, we do take it personally. Other, right. It's it's hard not to take it personally when there's yeah. a kid struggling and they don't want to be there. It's like, well, what am I doing wrong? Right. And, you right. know, I, I think as educators, we need to keep looking at it that way. We need to yes. make sure that we're being reflective because the minute we, we think we got everything figured out yeah. uh, is when our jobs become boring and when we become ineffective. You yeah. Know? And we've been talking at my school. We've been talking a lot about leading with curiosity. You know, yes. When when we encounter difficult situations, you know, to to have the to have the wherewithal and and to have the humility enough to step back and say, okay, let me let me zoom out and let me not make this about me or let me not even make this about the program or the school. Let me let me go all the way back and. And just yeah. ask questions, you know. Yeah. It's it's there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and it takes and it's you know it's interesting because we we work very hard to be good at our craft, right? We right. work we work very hard to be to be empathetic and understanding to our students. I mean, I I take that part of my job just as seriously as the music training. Yeah. And. Um, and and when that gets like you're saying, when that gets challenged, sometimes it's like, you know, what am I what am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah. to but to take that breath and go, you know what? Let me not even make this. A, it's not about me. Let me ask questions. Let me let me get a better view. Yeah. We have and, to be, and I, we have to be selfless. Right. Some time and just right. That's it, where it goes. But like I said, it's uh, like we were talking about before. It's all that's part of the. The beauty of the job too—that's part of the thing that that makes you want to want to stay and come back. Because, yes. and it's not like a challenge. Oh, I'm going to fix this problem. It's more like you know what? I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to take something away from this situation that's going to make me a better educator, a better human being, a better father, a better spouse, a better mate. You know, because yeah. I'm learning. I will learn something about myself and I will learn something about the world that maybe I didn't know before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. as, as I look back, you know, um, and 
think about my career, uh, how far I've come as a person, and how far I've grown, how much I've grown, yeah. you know, uh, just as an adult, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and how much, and, and then I think about like, man, I still have so much more I, I want to do, and so much more I can do. Yeah. Um, just in, within myself and you know trying to read more books and I, I'm a big self-help book person yeah um, and and so just exploring different ideas and and um, trying to be the best person I can you know what was the what was the one what was there a book in college that you read that sort of opened your mind to that? to that way of, of thinking or that to being open that way? Um, or was it something that happened earlier, even no, earlier? Um, you know, I mean, I, a lot of people know my story, but I, I didn't um, I didn't have the best, you know, upbringing, I don't think, and I didn't have um, a lot of luxuries. Um, so for me, it was just a lot of hard work and figuring things out and, you know, struggle, being struggling for a long time, um, inside emotionally and um you know music was my outlet and violin was my outlet and orchestra was my outlet to to do things so i i'm trying to think of like a book that really changed me and, and i and i really wasn't a big reader mm-hmm. um growing up i wouldn't call myself a big reader now i i i liked it i like to have time to do it i'm obviously making content for you know my podcast and YouTube channel and I love doing that like yeah. I could do that like if I could do that full time I, I would do that full time but I love teaching so much I, I couldn't just drop that yeah um, but uh, so as far as a book or something I don't know I mean I, one book that like changed me pedagogically and just like was very influential was the, um, the principles of, of uh, playing and teaching the Glamian book mm. uh, with just my like wow like there's all this insight to what we, what I do, and what I want to do, and and then you know my my uh, teacher in college, Howard Beebe, uh, he was crazy influential on um, just motivating me and make trying to get me like excited about pedagogy, and and that's that's really where it, a lot of my my foundations came from, and then just building on that. But you know, I took uh, a pedagogy class with him and. He was all into, you know, obviously he was a Colombian student, so ah. yeah. I mean, uh, wow, it, so you're it, like second, you're like I am a Glam- one layer away from. Yeah, I am. He was Maestro Colombian himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a Colombian grandchild, or yeah. whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Um, so he, you know, and his style was very. I, I mean, he would do the Colombian impression perfectly wow. you know, when you watch those old videos of Colombian, and so, but he. You know, this he would smoke during the lesson. Yeah. I would always, the, the, it would be a filled with smoke, uh, right. and he um, made me cry a whole bunch of times. And I wanted to quit. I can't tell you how many times because he was so tough on me. Sure, but I needed it. You know, I was really, I would say, I was quite behind when I got into college. Uh, you know, performance-wise, playing-wise, and. Um, but he whipped me into shape and, you know, I, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today without his persistence and uh, his faith. But his faith in me was, yeah. was most remarkable. I mean, I, I remember as a freshman, he had told me that, oh, someday I, I could see you getting a doctorate. I, you know, I was 18 uh, years old. I yeah. no, never thought. <laughs> yeah. um, and I never really thought that even after I got out of college and started my career. So... I never thought that I'd get it done, even when I was in the middle of doing the doctorate program, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, but um, uh, so he he was really influential and and um, pushed me to my beyond my, my limits, beyond what I thought I could do. Yeah. Um, and I actually finished my undergraduate on viola, um, mainly because uh, there was a definite need for that instrument in my my orchestra program at my my college but for me it was like the marketability and and um so i actually finished my recital on viola and you know two weeks before my recital he's like you got to do more and he made me come every single day for two weeks for a lesson for an hour lesson minimum of an hour 
every day for two weeks. Saturday, Sunday, I would go to, I would drive out to his house in, uh, in the middle of the woods in Athens, Ohio, and uh, you're, you're not joking. Like every day, every single day for two weeks. Oh it, my! Wow. Yeah, I had a lesson every day. Wow. Um, you know, and so it was a lot, but um, I owe him the world. You know, and yeah. He's one of many. I mean, I, my high school orchestra director the same way. I owe him the world because he uh, he kept faith in me and he he was there for me. And I mean, I was there were times where I wouldn't get picked up from rehearsal, you know, and he would take me home. Yeah, you know, uh, that happened several times. And um, but uh, yeah, so there's all these teachers that I you know I could go through the list of all my teachers and just remember all these great things about the one thing that they did for me or yeah. the many things that they did for me. I mean, Bob Gillespie is another one, you know, with uh, a year with him and holy cow, that yeah. was just life, it's life changing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so many great teachers and I owe the world to them. So I try to be that person now for my students, um, whether they're ones I had in middle school or teach now or had at the university or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, yeah. Some great, great, great teachers and so influential. I remember the first, I was in conducting, you know, at uh, in undergrad. And we, had, <laughs> and, and we had to read The Inner Game of Tennis. Ah, yes. And I just remember as a 19-year-old reading The Inner Game of Tennis for conducting. <laughs> it, it, like, it made sense. It made sense yep. to me. The focus and seeing the bigger picture and understanding how to sort of control this physical plan, right? The body yeah. when it comes to, to being able to see and plan and deliver and um, yeah, there was just something about that in that book that resonated with me. My teacher used to talk that Mr. Beebe, my teacher used to talk about the book all the time, but I never read it. Really? Yeah. Wow. And he never made me read it. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, tell. I mean, what? yeah, but that yeah, that sort of you know, it's, it's just that idea of of visualizing. You know, all the things that that are sort of talked about now, and sort of this this catch of new new agey type thinking. But I think, what what's it, Tim? What's the? I can't think of the author's name, Tim. The author of that book. Yeah, the inner game of oh, of, of tennis. tennis. I don't right? know. But, but you know, it was pretty visionary. I thought it was visionary in, in this understanding of of uh, this the mind body connection and how and how all of our senses help us in the, a moment in that moment to uh, to do what's right yeah. for us and to do what's right for like if we were if we were lining up to hit a backhand, being able to to visualize, okay, here's my, the ball is going to come, it's going to bounce here, here's my form in the backswing when I make contact, then with the follow-through, where that shot is going to be placed and how it's going to set me up for success on the next shot. Yeah. You know? You got to yeah, plan ahead. Yeah, it's plan, but, but, but that idea of being in the moment, you know, and being focused on what you're doing and tone, and, and starting to to drown out or to tone out that voice in your head that keeps telling you I can't or or you're not going to be successful mm -hmm. you know all that all those concepts in the book just you know I was a I was a dumb 19 year old right you know I yeah. just wanted us I, I <laughs> when I look back at myself at those times I just look at myself as like a big puppy you know I just want to do everything I love music I just want to play and sing <laughs> you know <laughs> and so that book that book or the concept in that book sort of helped me get a more mature view of the art and of myself as an artist in that in that moment. Yeah, I definitely need to <coughs> get that book. I don't know if there's been updates or anything. Or yeah, you know, I mean, and you know, and Barry just Green. The original is what you need. Like you yeah, know. or for for musicians, the, the thing, the book I read that helped me in my first pro gig was. Barry Green's expansion right. of Tim's work, The Inner Game of Music. And I'll never forget, you know, my first, like, real pro gig was 
the uh, uh, Chike 5 was programmed, and I never nice. played Chike 5. And uh-huh. There's a lot of big cello moments in Chike yeah. 5. And, <laughs> and when, you know, Barry talks about, you know, just being in the moment of the music, you have to know the music well enough so that it's really not about the cello part. It's about adding to the moment of what's happening in, in the, the music, in the orchestra, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, but if there were moments of technical challenge, okay, what, where, where are my eyes going to focus? How am I going to look at this line of music? Am I going to look at the part? Am I going to look at a corner of the stage? Am I going to look at my hand? How's mm-hmm. my breathing? How have I prepared? You know, that whole thing yeah. of just using, using all of your tools to be in the moment and to give your best and most honest performance in that moment. And that's cool. And I haven't, like, I don't get nervous at gigs anymore. People talk about stage fright. I don't even, I don't even worry about that anymore. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. That's Just amazing. because I'm not all that, but it's because I, I want to focus on the best music making I can do in that spot in time. It doesn't matter about what's happened before. Yeah. Or what's going to happen after? What's happening right now? Right now. Yeah, that's important to talk to our kids about too. Yeah, you know, and I, I think some of them. I mean, uh, especially in our society today, where we're kind of uh, there's a lot of people who are checked out. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's. I think the distractions that we have nowadays, and it's easy for us to do that. Right. Plus, there's so much external correction. Right. You yeah. Have, we have GPS. We have lane assist. We have <laughs> spell check. As we're driving we here. Have, right. You know, so we have all of these yeah. tools that help us be more efficient. I mean, they're, they're efficiency tools. They're efficiency and safety tools. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Grammarly, not to right. not, that could be yeah. a plug, but it's a but it's it's a tool to help you express yourself better. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. And I mean, our or your uh, Google Maps or right. your uh, Waze or whatever, yeah. Right, but I mean, we're we're teaching, we're teaching analog skills in the digital world, you know. Yeah. So where where the self correction comes with, you have to hear it. You have yeah. to teach yourself exactly how to hear. It. Right, and and <laughs> it's and it's great to have tuners and to be plugged in, but but that tuner is not going to move your finger. That tuner is not going to is not going to say, oh, that third is three cents off in the context of this chord, right, right? Right, right. That's that's that next level brain training that 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 has to happen with what we do to be at the highest levels of what we do. Yeah. So, so I think that's I think that's the toughest thing sometimes to get a, to get across to students is that it's not a this isn't Spotify. Playing an instrument is not a just press the button and go. You have yeah. to be engaged. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, yeah, musically. I mean, you have to bring so, so much to bear just to do the basic skill. That's right. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pretty amazing what we make ourselves do yeah. when, we, when we play or conduct or make music. You know, it's... Yeah, and you know, so we're we're headed to this to this honors orchestra situation yeah, so now. For the, those that are listening uh, still, after all that we're talking, <laughs> uh, David and I are on our way to Greenville, South Carolina, 
to conduct the, uh, I guess it's the Region 2 or yep. um, uh, Honor Orchestra. David, you're conducting the 910 right. Orchestra, and I'm conducting the middle school group, and then Annalisa Chang, I need to get also, I need to get her on this podcast at some point. Um, we're all colleagues together in Georgia. Um, she's conducting the 1112 group. So we're on our way there right now. That's why we're driving. We got through all the Atlanta crazy traffic. Yeah. Now we're just dealing with like normal construction traffic. Construction and yeah, people going too slow in the fast lane traffic. <laughs> this guy. But um, so that's where we are. That's where we're on our way to. But um, you know, I'd love to talk about how that because this what we do in this aspect of our teaching is a very specific skill set. Yeah. You know, to be able to. You know, I think it happens in, in a lot of facets, right? We, we have to bring a lot of facets to this particular thing we do. You know, it, in these situations, first of all, we have to understand the audience, right? So our right. audience is going to be the students in front of us, you know, and these are these are most of the time the alpha dogs of yeah. the program. These yeah. are the best players from every program from, from the area, you know, in which the, the kids yeah. are being pulled. So, so we have to understand that, yeah, there's that level of, of high, very high acuity, you know. Yeah. But, even, but even that level is different from school to school, you know. Yeah. An alpha dog at this school, if you go to a school maybe right even next door, they may be not an alpha dog. They yeah. may be somewhere, you know, functioning in a different way in that, in that group. And yeah. so, so we get all these, all these, you know, different players but very high-achieving players together for the first time to try to make a cohesive project. You know that that takes that takes a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. You have to be a, a leader, a motivator, a preacher, an advocate, a showman. You know, yeah. So it takes a I think a very specific skill set to get up in front of a group of people who don't play together and make them sound like they've played together. Right for forever, and so, lots, lots of different uh, experiences. You know, this, right. the backgrounds of these kids uh, and the and the, the teaching that they're used to. You know, right. Um, we know we're going to be different, and yep. uh, that could be good or you just don't know. You just don't always know either. Like you know, are these kids that you know are used to getting jokes cracked, or are they like real serious yeah. and never? You know, right. I'm always wondering like, okay, do I? Where do I go here? What do I? <laughs> Which, which approach do I take uh, and what, you know, what will work best for them? Right. Um, and I, you know, I, I enjoy doing these kind of gigs and, and, and get out there and, and conducting. And, and I, I, for me now doing the middle school, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, I can tell the, the, the stupid jokes and, and most of the kids will think they're funny and the high school kids will roll their eyes. You're right. right. <laughs> so exactly. um, I enjoy that part and um, uh, just being able to pick that repertoire and, uh, but there are challenges, you know, obviously yeah. with, with doing this too. Well, and, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, no, so, go ahead. No, no, it's good to say, and because the rep, you mentioned repertoire, that's the other, that's the other wild card. Right? Hell yeah. That's, it's, it's, a, it's, a, I, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I agonize over these programs for hours. Yeah. And I'd live with them for day. I'll put down a bunch of pieces. I'll play through in my head. I'll, I'll listen to recordings of schools in the area. You know, I'll, I'll talk to colleagues you know, just to try to put together a program that the kids will love, one. Two, yeah. a program that I will enjoy right. working on because I'm the one up there, who, you know, who's going to be doing the teaching. So if I'm not um, enthusiastic about a program, I can't expect Yeah, you're not going to portray that to the kids, right. for sure. Yeah. Right. So I'm always trying to find what's the angle that the kids will love but what's the angle for me what am I going to learn yeah. out of this process what what new piece of music am I going to do or how am I going to bring something fresh what fresh approach am I going to bring to this to this piece that's maybe part of my personal canon you know? yeah yeah so and that's the, the other part I, I part that I struggle with is how much time do I have right. and how do I divide that amongst the pieces and and I, I enjoy the 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 the, 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 the programs that will allow me to um, to like be flexible like okay you, you need to pick you know five pieces and maybe you only do four of them but let's let's see what uh, and I enjoy that part of yeah 
being able to, to make those decisions and uh, if we need to cut a piece or maybe we can do all of them, but right. the, the, the struggle is how much time do we have and how prepared are the kids? You don't, you don't know that until you go through it for the first time and right. it's like, oh, this is going to take a lot of work and maybe we'll make it happen in the time that we have or maybe we're not going to be able to make that work. Exactly, exactly. And the other, you know, and the other thing is it's it's also exhilarating, right? Because that's when the when the adrenaline kicks in, you know, as as a musician, as a conductor, as a leader, and you, you feed off of the energy of the kids because you know they're all doing their best, and it's like everything is possible on that first moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other the other really cool aspect about being asked to do these is the fact that we have colleagues who trust us enough with their kids yeah. to be able to bring us in and have us stand in front of their the players that they have loved on and nurtured many of them for years and years and to just for them to say okay I trust you I trust your teaching I trust you as a human being enough to know that okay when when my kids are in front of you they're going to have a good experience you're going to hopefully send them back to be better players and better musicians and better human beings than they were than you got them you know so I think that's that yeah. second ring the, the kids is that first ring but that second ring is the is being able to honor the work our colleagues do yeah. on a bigger scale yeah it's always an honor to get you know the invitation to do this but yeah. like I, I, I always get you know I don't get nervous about working with the kids I just get nervous about am I going to be able to do a good enough job to make right. everybody like to, for the kids to be excited about it and happy and have a great experience and for the teachers who are there to like you know feel the same way yeah you know? yeah 100 percent 100 because this is their they're entrusting us to highlight their yeah. work to yeah. show to show the community because these you know there are going to be different sets of parents here different sets of administrators you know mm -hmm. so we are coming in to best represent the work that they do globally and we we're not really a part of the community so right. so that's a huge responsibility it it's is such it is. an honor to be able to, to to do that yeah yeah so if if you are uh, you know uh, teaching out there and you know you're thinking about oh I'd like to be able to do this kind of thing like how did you get how did you get your first gig or how did you get your first outside thing of from your teaching yeah oh, how I did that you. how did that start for you so I when I went to so I went to grad school at University of Miami and I taught in Brevard County okay for a couple of years and. And that was the first one I got asked to go back to do when I was still in. So you had um, taught there, you yeah, left, so I, so and I they taught asked you to come and, back. Left, and they asked me to come back Perfect. and do and do an honors orchestra, and it was it was an amazing experience, you know. And it was to, to know that to know that I my colleagues trusted me, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to come back and and help me celebrate the work I was doing as a grad student. Yeah, you know, I sort of felt, you know, I felt that honor on, on on both sides, and this is after. So my my first year of teaching, where I taught, we did like an all county, yeah, I mean, like an all city type of situation, and I was one of the only only teachers in you know in the district who didn't get a chance to conduct anything. Okay, because I was it was my first year. Yeah, right. I wasn't. A string ed major. I was coming from, you know, the performance side. Oh yeah. So I was awful my first year. I was awful. So they got <laughs> together and said, eh, "No, you're really not going to conduct anything in Dawson." So, so I'll never forget that feeling. You know, of like, yeah. okay, I really need to get myself together. This is, you know, all the other teachers are here being able to, to celebrate, the community, and I'm in the back yeah and I'm like I never want to feel this feeling again so when a couple years later when I got asked you know to come back to Brevard County I was like okay so maybe I'm I'm getting something right finally <laughs> you know I know I think, I think you figured it out yeah I was getting there <laughs> I was getting there and that's also where um, 
I met Michael Allen for the first time. Oh, cool. And he saw me work and he was like, you know, we got to get you at the summer camps at Florida State. And I was like, okay. Still a puppy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love well, this. The, I love the word this. of mouth, you know. Yeah. Um, people talk and when they see things they like, they're going to go, okay, I want this. Well, exactly. And, and, that, and that's exactly what happened. And once, you know, once you get... You know, people like Michael Allen and and and, and your other fellow educators mm-hmm. believing in you and your ability and and knowing that that you're going to do right by them and by the kids and by the community. Then that's where it starts. You know, yeah. but nothing is nothing is given, right? Every every opportunity, I think it could be my last. Oh, it's this could be you know it could be my last honor orchestra, right? You know, and that's okay too. Because I've known that what if I'm in front of that group, I'm going to give them my best, and and that's all I can do. Yeah. And if I never get another call, I I live I've lived a life well because yeah. of, because I know I gave that group 100 percent. That's right. Of what I had. That's right. Do you ever get um, you know they uh, they termed it they 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 call it the imposter syndrome. You ever get that? Oh, where, you, where you feel like still all the time. You know, I and I do too all the time. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough to do this, or yeah. I'm not, you know, or I'm nervous about. Like, teachers are gonna like when I do a presentation or something. Teachers are gonna know everything I've already talked right. about. Right, right, and, that, and that's and that's because we have it's we have incredible colleagues. You know, yeah. we know that that everybody I mean, we're surrounded by just incredibly gifted people. Yep. Yeah, and sometimes I'm always like, okay, this is when this is when I get discovered. <laughs> you know, right. Like, like, yeah, or I was like, I need I need to come up with like that next magic right. idea, and it's like, right. Or or, yeah. like, or the other thing, yeah, these people know everything I'm I'm about to say. Right. And some of them know it even better than I do, and can and can be more eloquent and yeah. in expressing the idea. Yeah. You know. I know it, it's it's hard. You know. Uh, when we're out doing these things, I, I get that all. I feel that way all the time, yeah. and. Um, you know, and then once you get there and you meet the teachers and, and you know, some of them will know most of what you're talking about, yeah. especially if they've been teaching a long time or whatever. Um, but, you know, a lot of them are just appreciative to, you know, revisit it or, you know, think about it in a different way, whatever the topic might be, right. whether it's pedagogy or whatever. Right. You, you know, know, and, it's, and uh, Jim Palmer and I were having this conversation about Midwest. You know, we sometimes we look at... You know, we look at the, the offerings and go, okay, I've seen that, I've done that, I've seen that. Yeah. But then, but then he and I were talking, it was like, you know, for some, for a lot of people, this could be their first time hearing this information. Right. And it's about to change their lives, you know? Yeah. So, so you we just have, never know. Right, exactly. So yeah. every, every session is precious. Every session yeah. is important because, because yeah. I mean, you, you don't know who's in the audience. Right. And I just I enjoy going to sessions as many as I've I've heard over the years. Oh I, yeah. I still go and you know if I can take away one or two like things or ideas or strategies or viewpoints or you know ways to think about it. Yeah. I, I feel like I've gotten a lot out of it. Right. You know. You so. know I love Dan Long tells a story about um, when he was a student of Elizabeth Green and and. I want, hopefully, I honor them both in telling this story. But but it's real simple. So um, uh, Dan, you know, went to Professor Green and said, you know, I'm I'm not a string major. I, you know, his major instrument is bassoon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. And he would like, never know that, by right? It. Because he is <laughs> just he's a master. Yeah, a he is a master at the media, at teaching, at string playing, at understanding. Yes, yeah, he yeah he's a master. But so so he went to to. To Professor Green and said, "You know, I I want to be better at this. May I may I come and talk to you more about about being a better strings teacher?" And she was like, "No problem. Be at my house this day, this time. I'll see you then." Mm-hmm. So he knock he gets there at the appointed date and time, knocks on the door, and Professor Green is like, "Great, nice to see you. I'll let you come in, but there is a condition." He's like, yes, ma'am, what's that condition? And she said, the condition is everything we talk about today, you have to share it with somebody else. Nice. You know, that that idea of 
even though, I mean, this is Elizabeth Green. I mean, this is one of the greatest minds yeah. of, of any discipline, right? Yeah. But saying that, you know, I, the information I share with you, it's a discussion. And we need to continue that discussion. You're now a part of that discussion. Right. Of expanding the knowledge and of making sure all of our ideas are valid and are staying in the discussion. So I, that, that once again, that's one of those stories that just, so I will never, it was my first year at Vandercook and that my first, uh, my first summer and I sat in on, on Dan's, you know, class and just the stories. I learned as much or more from his stories than I did from the pedagogy. I learned yeah. a, a million things from the pedagogy. I learned a hundred million things from the stories. Yeah, the, it's so inspiring and like just thinking about thinking about those kind of things that other people experience and then when they tell you their story, it's like, yeah, wow, like it, it just blows my mind sometimes. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, it's great, like we don't go to work. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting when you love what you do and you love the people around you and you feel genuinely connected. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like, okay, I get plugged in to here and and I'm on, you yeah. know? If you don't love what you do, I, I just can't imagine being in a career where you just, like, hate every day. Yeah. Or generally don't like what you do and you have to go and do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I tried I tried that uh, once when... Um, what did you do? When a big, so a big music store opened up, oh. and uh, and I was a part of writing the curriculum for for the educational you know wing that they were trying oh. to to do. Where was that? So this was down in Florida. Okay, it was down in Florida. So I won't mention the yeah yeah. It's the it's no longer who, around. Who was but it? it was, what store was it? <laughs> exactly. But I was so so I had written the curriculum and then uh, you know. Once the store got the stores got up and running, they're like, "Hey, would you want to come work for the stores?" You know, so I was like, "Oh yeah." I mean, I was seeing dollar signs. They were talking about spinoff and making this a nationwide thing, rolling oh, out this wow. nationwide curriculum, and yeah. and being able to service some of the areas that weren't currently being serviced by like a major school system or like a major ensemble. You know, yeah. So. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be a part of that and and maybe, you know, have the corporate, be on that corporate thing and be yeah. able to put a little change in your pocket. You know, but like the second or third week, I remember like driving past schools going, oh, wow, it's, let's see, it's this time. They're probably in second period. I wonder <laughs> what they're having for lunch today. I wonder what they're learning today. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I found myself looking at schools going, you know what, I... I need to be there. I need to be. That's where I want to be. Yeah. So I lasted all of like six months. Wow. And yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm out. I got to get me back into a classroom. Yep. I mean, that's, uh, that's my, that's kind of my story about when I was at the university is, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my colleagues were just incredible. And I enjoyed the, the being able to go to these great recitals by my colleagues being you know, yeah. going all, like all the music part yes and you know seeing the kids grow but I, I just miss the day to day with with the kids yeah. and um, it's a different it's a different type of energy uh, you know public school 6 to 12 or whatever it is as opposed to university it's just a different energy for me right, right. Um, you know giving lectures about all these great things I used to do and how I used to love what I used to do, and I was like, "Why? Why am I not doing <laughs> that the anymore?" Past, right, right. You know, and the, and the funny part of it is, and it took me, you know, a couple of years to figure it out, um, and then uh, a little bit of time to get in the right position to come back to public school teaching. Sure. But when I was in my interview there at, at the university, one of the students asked me flat out because I, I had to do like a demo teaching and stuff, and I had to work with the the kids and. And I conduct the orchestra and everything. And one of the kids asked me, he's like, why are you here? Like, it looks like you're just having the greatest time. And yeah. so, you know, obviously I was uh, uh, looking to, you know, make a difference in the profession and, 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 you know, be the next 
you know, being a, a teacher trainer to train the next generation of teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are, I mean, there aren't enough people out there doing that, uh, and it's getting more and more difficult to find teachers who want to do that uh, <coughs> because it's it's a different type of work, obviously, uh, than than being in the classroom in the in the trenches, as we call it. But right. Right. I like being in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. where I meant to be. But um, uh, I, I was just—it was a little ironic that I—I I do remember that that question, and um, I don't know. Everybody, it, it, there's a place for everybody, and and some people love that world and, and they want to be in it. And exactly, I, yeah. I commend them, and I think it's it's great. And we have so many fantastic college uh, educators doing the teacher training. You know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great ones out there. Yeah, and, and, and let's be very clear. They're not enough. They're just right. not enough. And we don't have enough string teachers here now to even, to even you know, uh, be at situations that are existing. I was talk, I was out in Las Vegas last week, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they had to shut down a couple of string programs just simply because they couldn't find oh. enough string teachers. Yeah. I mean, and the principals were like... Just send me somebody. Send me somebody. Right. I, I'm happy to keep this this budget line open. I'm happy to keep this program going, but it needs to be a teacher who can actually do it. I don't want to. You know, the te- the principals were like, you know, I don't I don't want to do subs, long term right. subs. I want to have somebody who will be here and committed to the program. And there just yeah. weren't enough people to fill. And we got a lot of great position. teachers that are, you know, non non string majors that are stepping up and taking these orchestra jobs and doing oh, yeah. some wonderful work. I mean, yeah. um, several, you know, people I've had on the podcast, uh, you know, even uh, right right down the road for me, um, are, are doing awesome, awesome work. And it can be done. And, and there's uh, great programs out there, uh, just like you know, at Ohio State or University yeah. of Michigan, where they uh, the summer programs where they're you know, focusing or in your, the thing you're doing, you're right. T- for tell the us Midwest. about your, your, your teaching at Midwest. Uh, it's a four hour, right. We're doing a four hour intensive for uh, string teacher for non-string majors at Midwest band and orchestra. And there's going to be band directors. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. So uh, myself, David Pope from, um, from Baldwin Wallace uh, university and Dr. Uh, uh, Rebecca McLeod from university of North Carolina, Greensboro are, have put together this four-hour intensive that goes from from how to hold an instrument to how to do bowings to how to begin to figure out the fingering, how to create fingerings. Wow! To um, vibrato. I mean, we're it's a it's called an intensive four-hour intense. That's yeah. got to be intense to go from zero to vibrato. Yeah, in, and it's in four hours. Yeah, right, and it's and right. it's all hands-on. Yeah. Everybody, all sixty. People are going to have an instrument, thanks to Con Selmer. Nice. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's a logistical nightmare, you know, just to get all that equipment together. Sure. But it's going to be so meaningful. And and I think besides the teaching, I think my favorite part of it is going to be just answering questions at the end, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to shed light on some of those questions that 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 non-string players have and to really sort of demystify it because you know string playing is a it's not magic it's magical the result <laughs> you know but the but the act of putting bow to string and creating the physical structure to play that's that's not ma- that's simple physics yeah right <laughs> and to be able to understand understand that and and understand that a good sound is a good sound. You can't, you can't tune a bad sound, right? right? You can't, or or you can't. It's harder to tune a sound on this type of equipment, right? Yeah. So yeah. so so to be able to put quality instruments in those in those band directors' hands, you know, and 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 those band directors are already highly accomplished musicians, yeah. You know, so we're not teaching down to anybody we're teaching across we're, That's we're right. hopefully helping them make the transfers so that they can they can have the have the the, the nomenclature or, or have the jargon to be yeah. able to 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 speak uh to to this art of string playing 
And so you said there's 60 of 60, 60 teachers. Right. So that's full already. It's already full. So you, you can't <laughs> sign up anymore, everybody out there. But um, maybe they'll do it again. I yeah. Mean, if it's, well, that, that's, that's the whole. there's a demand. And, and you got the, the powerhouse of all powerhouse uh, people on that uh, on that staff with you and Rebecca and David. I mean, wow. Yeah. And, and so great. And learning great, from the very, very, very best. Yeah. And, and great sponsors like Hal Leonard and Alfred and... Um, Conselmer, you said. Uh, Conselmer, the string. There's another oh, because I'm driving, of course, yes. I can't. But there's another um, Grace Law out oh. of um, out of Canada. Yeah. Her, what she does for for non-string players is amazing, and she's a sponsor oh, of, really? of okay, the great. session too. So, so just to know that we have that type of support from across across multiple disciplines and within the string discipline just yeah. means just means a lot. And I think it's it, it hopefully will will help and we have some college students who are who are in too so um so it's important to let them know that this is they could be successful in this field and i think you know and uh, and that that, that's the other thing that michael allen would always tell his grad students you know it's our job yeah to teach to teach kids and to make sure we, we help them figure out what it is to be an artist or find what it is a string instrument means to them. Yeah. That's important. But he's also said it's also important for us to make sure our non-string uh, major colleagues feel comfortable teaching. That's yeah. just as important as teaching, you know, the, the players in front of us. Yeah. So he was, he was very much an advocate of and had his grad students be yeah. advocates of of doing whatever we can to support the profession and anybody who wants to be a street teacher. It's our job as the as the professionals to make sure they get all the information they need yeah. to be the best teacher that they can be. Yeah. You get you get some teachers who uh, make the choice to teach strings and then you get some who um, are teaching something else and are yep. quote unquote stuck with teaching yep. strings, but we all know that, you know, they're actually just getting a blessing in disguise. They don't know <laughs> exactly. what they're getting when they exactly. when they get to teach orchestra. Here's a gift that you don't even know. Yeah, you haven't even realized it it's yet. It's gold. People. It's gold, but it's so wrapped up right now. It's wrapped tight. It may take you a, a couple seconds to keep to yeah. pull off the wrapping and the, the tape and a couple yeah. bows. But once you get to the core of that thing, it's I mean, gold. A lot, of, a lot of people I, I'm talking to that are uh, non, non-string majors are just embracing it and... Yeah. They're, they're they're realizing like I like this better than teaching X whatever they were teaching before yeah. you know so uh, that's exciting to hear that when you when you finally meet that teacher that's like I'm just so excited about you know uh, doing being able to do all this yeah uh, it's yeah. it's super fun to see super fun to see we've talked a lot <laughs> and we and, and we still have 53 minutes until we reach our destination so I know but. Uh, I hope this has, you know, been uh, good. I hope the sound quality is okay. I'm going to do some editing, and yeah. we'll see. I'm trying out a new wireless mic system and um, a little recorder here, some noise canceling in the uh, in the car. So yeah, but this is orchestra director's podcast on the road. We're right? doing it on the road, um, literally but, on the road. Uh, literally <laughs> on the road. Yeah, uh, just a, a few things of what's coming up. Um, we have, uh, a, I'll be doing a bunch of different podcasts at the Midwest Clinic this year, and those uh, will be sponsored by Eastman Strings. I'm really grateful that they're going to be sponsoring a, a few episodes there. We're talking with uh, Jason Heath from Eastman. He's been on the podcast before, uh, in addition to some other guests. Um, oh my God, can we, can, sorry, can we, hey, Denver, can we talk about Jason for a second? Yeah, his, sure. His newsletter, I've started receiving his newsletter again on the the base, on the all, base. Jason Heath is a, a bass guy, and oh. he has a, his own bass podcast. Even um, it, but it, he's it, it, his it, newsletter. It's amazing. Even if you're not a bass player, subscribe to his podcast because he talks about practicing technique and oh, right. and you know he he just covers so much ground about being just a great musician and a good human being 
and oh yeah, and the bass is in there too. I mean, just so <laughs> much fun. So it's worth. I, I you know I'll start clicking on his on his newsletter, watches watches um, his video for the for the week, and I look down and it's an hour later. I'm like, oh, Jason, you got me again. Yeah, you got you. <laughs> you got you. Yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed uh, getting to know him over the years and learning from him, and uh, he has some great guests on his podcast. Oh too. yeah, just like yeah. The best of the best, you know, and um, it's always fun. It's always fun to hear. So, uh, yeah, I'll be working uh, working with him. And then again, um, if any of you guys out there are going to Midwest and would like to chat, um, I don't. We don't have to do an hour. We can do five minutes over coffee or um, whatever. But um, I'm trying to uh, just kind of capture the moment of Midwest and um, get a bunch of different guests on the podcast yeah. just to learn about who they are, what they do, and uh, talk about what we do because uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's yeah, a lot and, of fun. Yeah, sit down. Come sit down with with Doctor Lodge because you never know your your story may help inspire somebody else. That's right. So so never never hide your light under a bushel out there. Always, if you if you get the opportunity to tell your story, tell your story because you don't know who's going to hear it, and maybe that one person who needs to hear your story will get a chance to hear. It. Absolutely. Um, I've been sharing my story uh, now um, in in kind of keynote uh, form. I was in Alaska uh, last weekend and got to give a keynote to all of the uh, orchestra teachers, band teachers, chorus teachers, uh, and I think fine art, the general uh, art teachers as well. Um, and uh, it was it's it's inspiring for me to be able to share it. And it's nice to, to, to hear people, you know, thanking me afterwards, saying, thanks for sharing your story. And I, uh, I just really, it's just awesome to be able to do it. So, and I, for, for many decades, I did not talk about what, you know, my childhood and some of the things that happened to me growing up. And um, uh, for me, it's, it's part of the healing process, too, uh, being able to share it with other people and, and reflect upon it and, and do all that. So... Yeah, I, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, um, if you have orchestra things, if you have other uh, stories you want to talk about, your successes, your struggles, your whatever, uh, it's all good. And yes, there's it's no all time valid. limit. All there's good. no time limit on this. So, uh, you know, the more people that uh, we can get on the podcast, uh, the better. And I love being able to embrace the diversity. I'm well, inspired. I'm ready. I'm ready to. To do the next thing. Yeah. Well, we may, uh, you know, come back and, and talk about our experiences maybe on the way home. Yeah. Uh, even uh, from this weekend and, and uh, how it went and what, you know, what we learned, you know, because uh, every every experience is a new learning experience. So I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. I believe this is episode 43. Thank so, you, but- everybody. Have a Have an awesome rest of the year. Yeah, and uh, most of us are going on to Thanksgiving break, so this is the time to uh, rest and relax and enjoy the time for yourself. So maybe this is something that you enjoy during a break, or maybe you catch it later, but thanks again for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time on the Orchard Teacher Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For resources and more information, visit orchestrateacher.net.